Welcome to the Health Leaders Finance Podcast. I'm Jack O'Brien, Finance Editor for Health Leaders. My guest today is Christy Skalka, a Managing Director in the Life Sciences and Healthcare Practice at Deloitte, as well as the National Consulting Leader for Deloitte's Provider Pricing Practice. Christy has more than 25 years of experience in both industry and consulting in the areas of large-scale operational improvement, pricing strategy, and execution, as well as cost reduction across multiple sectors. These include healthcare providers, physician practices, healthcare products, life science, and public sector. This experience has enabled a unique cross-industry perspective to her work. Her current interests are increasing the access and affordability of healthcare through information transparency, meaningful patient experiences, and data-driven decision-making that accelerates the future of health. Christy is a graduate of the University of Texas and went on to earn her MBA from the Macomb School of Business with a focus in operations management. Christy, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Jack. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to your listeners today about something I feel is truly transformational in our industry, and that's price transparency. I spent the last couple of years really deep diving on this topic, and I look forward to discussing it with you. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. We look forward to your insights. And just for a little background for our listeners, we're obviously living through an unprecedented health crisis. Market disruption is accelerated, patients are changing their behaviors, and the federal price transparency rule will become effective for providers on January 1st, which will lead to consumers demanding more control and understanding about their healthcare experiences. The market continues to grapple with the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, and patient affordability is a paramount concern for all healthcare stakeholders. With the federal price transparency rule, we are living through a real-life prisoner's dilemma. But now, innovative market leaders have a unique opportunity for a strong first-mover's advantage. Providers will need to answer a fundamental question. Are they prepared for the market to shift towards a more consumer-centric pricing? And with those thoughts in mind, I'd like to start a conversation there. Christy, from what you've heard, how are providers responding to the impending price transparency rule? And are you seeing most providers prepared to be compliant when the rule takes effect at the start of next year? Yeah, overall, I would say providers are what I would characterize as doing the best that they can. Um, The rule is intentionally disruptive to their current value proposition, but providers are juggling a lot of priorities right now, and many are in financial distress due to the pandemic. And these environmental factors have created a barrier for many providers to be able to respond to the rule in the way it was intended. But their preparation is something we've been keeping a close eye on. And we're working directly with several clients on their price transparency readiness. Um, And we've also talked to dozens of providers across the country through education sessions and webinars to try and answer their questions and understand how we can support them. And in general, we're seeing a continuum of responses from providers, from those who are actively choosing to not post their machine readable files by the enforcement date of 1-121. And that's about 15 to 20% of the market And I I heard a CFO say, you will pry these rates from my cold, dead hands um, to those who, you know, are strapped for resources and just doing the bare minimum to be compliant with the rule, which is frankly the vast majority of what we're seeing, around 60% of the market. And then there are those who are using the rule as a strategic opportunity to be bold with their value narrative, to invest in the patient liability estimation process, and to prepare for the expected rate pressure from payers. And while this isn't the choice for the majority of providers, we're seeing upwards of 25% of the market going down this path. 
I appreciate the background there, and I guess that kind of leads into my next question, which is what do you see as the biggest short-term and long-term impacts of the rule on the broader healthcare market? Great question, and one that I'm getting a lot from our from our CFOs and CEOs uh, around the country. And in the short term, I think there's just going to be a lot of confusion in the healthcare ecosystem, um, in, especially in that first year, and and most especially right after the beginning of the year. And that confusion is going to be around what ultimately got posted and what it really means. I think there's going to be continued continued pockets of isolated resistance and potentially even widespread resistance to the rule in certain highly competitive markets. We're seeing that in a, in a few of our uh, geographic areas. And I think our regulatory bodies are gonna react with more rulemaking and even less ambiguity in, in the price transparency regulations. And I think for those providers who have chosen to innovate and prioritize information transparency for their patients, they are going to enjoy a first mover advantage in terms of market share and revenue preservation with their payers. In the long term, you know, game theory suggests that the market will become increasingly transparent with widespread adoption of information transparency initiatives. And providers, I think, are going to be able to really differentiate themselves in their markets by offering high-quality patient experience, both digitally and physically, and through alternative payment mechanisms like creative bundling, and then through strategic partnerships. We do see third-party disruptors in the future taking advantage of the information that's available to them, both pricing, but also through the interoperability of data and becoming data conveners of the highest order, and ultimately, though I see our providers um, getting a lot of value in all of their data sharing efforts. You know, we did a, a survey recently of CFOs around the country for um, large provider health systems, and they really believe that this data sharing um, initiatives are going to result in better care coordination, improved quality, and an enhanced consumer experience, which is all foundational to the future of health. I kind of wanted to follow up with a question about how the price transparency rule will impact the conversation on affordability. You kind of laid out um, what it means for both the agency side and providers, but what does it mean as it relates to affordability? Yeah, I don't think you can talk about affordability without talking about price transparency. And the, the simple truth is that price matters. Um, I led some research last year to gain an understanding of what is truly driving patient decision-making using a discrete choice-based conjoint survey. And conjoint surveys are a tool that, that are often used in marketing to understand consumer preferences. Um, and we, we applied that same thinking to, to patient preferences. And in this case, it should come as no surprise that a patient's out-of-pocket liability is the most important driver in provider selection, driving ultimately 41% of the decision-making process. But what was really interesting, I think, was that if price was combined contextually with relative quality information, which was the second most important driver at 18%, patients overwhelmingly choose that provider. But really, price transparency, I think, is one of just a series of multiple stacking regulatory initiatives and deadlines for providers and plans meant to put the patient at the center of their decision making. For providers specifically, on 11.1, information blocking kicks in. And if you have an exception there, you need to kind of get your documentation submitted. I mean, that stays away. Um, and then on 1-1, price transparency, of course. And then on May 1st, providers have to start sending ADT feeds to community providers. 
And all of this regulation is part of a larger consumer engagement strategy with competition for an empowered patient in a highly transparent market at the center of the conversation. And the end goal is to drive costs out of the market and increase quality, which in turn directly improves the affordability of healthcare services. I'm curious, Christy, from your perspective, for the leaders that are listening in our audience to this podcast, how will organizations ensure they are ready to meet current and upcoming regulations with minimal financial and operational disruption? Yeah, great question. Um, Overall, our point of view and what we're telling our clients is if they want to minimize the disruption that's intended by the rule, they need to not put their heads in the sand. Um, We, you know, when the, when the rule first came out, there was a lot of hand-wringing and consternation and lawsuits um, that I think providers were banking on not having to comply. Um, And as the year has played out and the lawsuit, um, the rule was upheld, um, and then in the appeals that that occurred last week, I I think, again, we're going to see the same result. The rule is going to be upheld. And so we are telling our clients, rather than putting their heads in the sand, they should really treat the rule as a catalyst and an opportunity for innovation and competitive advantage. And I I don't want to minimize the incredible burden of achieving compliance with this rule and what that puts on our healthcare provider leaders. And the implications of sharing negotiated rates absolutely present a significant challenge for them, which is why I think some providers are choosing to delay that price transparency um, investment and and not post their rates and and instead are choosing to post some time beyond the January 2021 deadline. And providers should also recognize that this rule is not a one and done check the box activity there's gonna continue to be a push towards information transparency and greater patient agency. And a few of our clients are recognizing, like like you mentioned in the the intro, that we do have kind of a real life prisoner's dilemma scenario going on um, where it's kind of a will you, won't you, and what's gonna happen in the market in terms of sharing the rates. And we've been talking to our clients and we've started to hear more and more about what I've been calling a national game of chicken and who's gonna blink first and who's gonna share their rates. But but 60 to 80% of the market is planning to share their rates. <clears throat> and as soon as one of the, the providers in a market shares them, I think the dominoes are gonna fall. And so I think innovative leaders may have a unique opportunity right now to be bold with a first mover advantage and, and put that value narrative out there and really make a statement with patients, with media and with their payers. I kind of wanted to shift gears just a little bit, and I appreciate you bringing up payers because it kind of leads into the next question, which is regulatory officials often comment on how this rule will affect consumers, but how do you think it's going to affect the payer-provider dynamic moving forward, and do you think it will further accelerate the shift towards value-based care? Great question. You know, you're correct. I've never heard a CEO or a CFO say they don't want to do right by the patient. So we do see a lot of time and investment going to the patient experience, which is one element of the rule, right? There's there's two parts to the rule. The first is the machine readable file, which reveals all of the rates, um, the confidentially negotiated rates, which is where a lot of the, the, the concern is. But the second part of the rule is really around beginning to share information in a meaningful, authentic way with patients and and what their out-of-pocket liability is going to be. And so I do think that 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 is something that our our clients are focused on. 
But what I do think is one of the more undervalued conversations in all of the price transparency dialogue is the impact on that provider-payer relationship. Plans we, we think are gonna react very quickly to the publication of these rates and use them aggressively in negotiations. We've already heard stories from our clients pointing to that fact um, about either putting in clauses to potentially renegotiate rates once the price transparency rule goes into effect, or in some cases, um, aggressive payers saying they're going to pull down machine readable files and report on um, providers that are not that are not sharing their rates. And once they have those files, they plan to leverage them in negotiations. And we've, we've heard of, um, you know, we really anticipate plans to build up their analytics um, around what this information is going to have in the marketplace. We think that, you know, in some cases, the, the patient could even kind of break out of their network and, and find a better deal, so to speak, at a different provider. So I think um, plans are also going to have to innovate themselves and figure out new products and and um, new ways to to get at what the patient's real um, healthcare needs are, and you know, with within all of that background, our clients, our provider clients' primary goal is to stay whole on their revenue, and so they're going to need to be prepared with their own strategy and with a value narrative and with analytics to facilitate negotiations and collaboration opportunities with those payers. And the focus of those conversations are going to be around defending your rates through a discussion on quality, network adequacy, brand reputation, and the patient's experience, I think, which all of them are accelerants to value-based care and providers potentially taking on more downside risk and more capitation. Going back to the patient angle for a second, I'm curious how you think leaders can effectively engage with their patients in an authentic, transparent dialogue around the cost of services. Yeah, I think it really goes back to the research we did last year, which proved that 41% of a patient's decision-making process is based on their out-of-pocket liability. And an increasing number of patients exhibit what we consider traditional consumer behavior when it comes to their healthcare decisions. The use of pricing and quality tools continues to rise with our providers to support consumers in proactively shopping for their healthcare. And this phenomenon has really been accelerated through COVID, more as a response um, to kind of using virtual tools, virtual health, um, and through that process, they're becoming much more educated about healthcare services in general. But I also think patients are suffering financially due to the pandemic. They've lost their healthcare insurance. Uh, many are unemployed and have no insurance at all. Um, and those providers who can accurately provide a patient with a liability estimate and especially if paired with comparative quality information. Um, and in some cases, even if you can include some comparative reference pricing, I think overwhelmingly they will um, attract more consumers. Finally, Christy, how can provider organizations leverage pricing to drive changes around patient engagement, manage care contracting, and financial sustainability while also optimizing a digital strategy? Yeah, we, um, we really believe at Deloitte that pricing and information transparency enabled by radical interoperability, which are some of the stacking regulatory initiatives that are occurring, those are all key elements of the long-term future of healthcare, where we believe that an empowered consumer is going to become increasingly focused on their well-being and demanding more customized products and insurance offerings. 
And if you believe that to be the future of health, which we do, then you have to believe in the strong participation of providers in data sharing and in information transparency. And you have to believe in the empowered consumer who's gonna be seeking out better, better, more affordable experience. And then finally, you have to believe that the availability of this data, along with advanced predictive analytics, are gonna result in reduced risk for insurers and ultimately eliminate the need for, for traditional coverage and for contracting the way we think of it today between payers and providers. So I really believe that price transparency is just the tip of the iceberg as it relates to staying competitive and profitable in that future. And that the best thing our, our provider clients can do is prioritize price transparency, invest in information transparency and radical interoperability. And that's, that's really gonna pave the way for the future of health. Well, we'll be excited to see how that goes, especially since, like you said, the rule is supposed to go into effect at the start of next year. And obviously, there's still the ongoing court challenge, but we'll be paying attention to it just like you will be. So, Christy, thank you again for joining us. It's been wonderful speaking with you, and we thank you for sharing your insights with our audience. Thank you, Jack. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on the Health Leaders Finance Podcast. Until next time, keep taking care of your patients and each other.